0: But they've had this big period of doing nothing. And then they start, you know, high intensity weight of ball training under the under the thought, Well, I'm I'm recovered. I haven't thrown in a while. I should be fresh. This should be the best time to do it. And that's the complete opposite.
1: Hey, this is More Than Velocity. I'm Bart Pear here with Ryan Croton and Jordan Osaguer, and today we are talking about weighted balls. Uh, they're very common uh, in baseball around velocity programs and, and other training. And we just want to get into the details. If you don't know anything about them, um, you know what the heck are they? Why are you using them? How do you use them correctly? What should the goal be? And you know, make sure you're getting actually if you're going to put the time in to use them, make sure you get the get the results from them. So. Um, Ryan, I'm going to start very simple. I know in our, on our website and different um, websites, you'll see weighted balls and the word plyo balls. Um, let's just start there. What, what, what is a weighted ball? What's a plyo ball? How can you tell them apart? Um, and what are they for?
2: Yeah. I, you know, in, in discussing with Jordan, it's, it's pretty simple. The plyo care balls are the squishy balls, and we actually sell those um, with our crossover symmetry packages and the weighted baseballs are are typically done for high velocity throwing so your plyo care balls are more of a warm-up patterning tool um, that you know helps improve elasticity of the arm as well as just coordination and then you got the weighted baseballs that are meant for rapid arm speed or resisting arm speed Um, but moving at a higher velocity and you might pitch them from a mound or you might do them from a running crow hop or what they're called running guns. So those are the two main divisions of, of those implements.
1: Okay. But you can gain velocity using plyo balls done correctly. They're just not the the same as what the typical weighted baseball is. Correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's all a a process of of how you load the arm, you know? Um, So if you're using a heavy plyo care ball, that can really help um with layback it can help with internal rotation strength Uh, and then you know as you go lighter what we found is that it increases the deceleration strength the posterior cuff strength and um there's all different processes to that. you you know people um have used holds and i know jordan's had a lot of experience with holds um and what people might not know about those is, is it's just as it sounds you're you're doing a throwing motion, but you're not letting go of the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of those velocity gains can be made using holds in a plyo care program um, that might be integrated into a velocity-based program.
1: Cool. So the other thing we see with with weighted balls and 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 plyo balls is the risk that's involved. Let's talk about um, you know the risk reward if uh, you know if you're looking to use these in your training.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I, am going to point to some research. I know that's kind of my background in science, but there was a six week study that was done, um, by a very reputable research group. And they had actually, it's the first time I've ever seen in a research study that's that they've had injuries. So there were two significant injuries to the throwing arm in this, in this program. And, it really kind of alludes to the point, and I think Jordan can talk a little bit more about the programming and the structure of, of the weighted ball program, but the readiness of the athlete. So in this particular study, we had, they had a lot of um, adolescent participants. They didn't have much of a strength base. They might not have been on a real true arm care routine, but they did see velocity enhancement. So, you know, we know that that can work. The question is, we need to have better safety measures and programming constraints around it so that you know the athletes progress to properly um, over the right period of time. So maybe Jordan, you want to touch in on the programming aspect of the weighted balls.
0: So when it comes to programming, you need to make sure that there's a base set of where that athlete's at because a lot of times I've seen a lot of groups and a lot of people use weighted balls As in a sense, their intro. Like they just had, you know, they're four weeks off from the off season. Some people take six weeks, eight eight weeks, whatever it is. They did. We obviously went over our recommendations in a previous uh, podcast, but they've had this big period of doing nothing, and then they start, you know, high intensity weight of ball training under the under the thought, well, I'm I'm recovered. I haven't thrown in a while. I should be fresh. This should be the best time to do it. And that's the complete opposite. Is you have to have a build up phase because your tissues have been on vacation for however long that's been and then they're asking you to get into this high intensity you know new ranges of motion and everything going on and it it puts guys at a very high risk of injury so you need to have some sort of foundation to to not just prep the arm but prep the body i mean i don't know if we want to go down this this rabbit hole on it but you know from all the weighted ball groups i've run in numerous different backgrounds and settings we get a lot of oblique issues. We get a lot of hamstring issues. We get a lot of, you know, it's just such a high intensity. If the body's not prepped, it's it's full body that can get something tweaked, not just the arm. Um, and if it's in the off season, you know, if you if you have to miss three weeks because you pull you pull a hamstring or tweak a groin, that compounds into a lot of days missed getting ready for the season.
1: So Jordan, you're you're attributing a lot of the risk to not being prepared. Um, for the velocity program. One, because you're going from 0 to 100 because you think taking complete time off and doing nothing is the way to prepare. You're saying that, no, you need to have a baseline workload ready. And two, um, you're, you need to be strong enough. Both your arm and your whole body needs to be strong enough to handle that. Um, I know the, the arm care app that we use tells you if you're ready for a velocity program. Is that, is that considered a good guide to if you're ready for... Weighted balls, um, plyo ball work—that that those type of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big clear delineation. You know, Ryan was talking about earlier on the plyo balls versus weighted balls, and you need to have an understanding of are we talking about weighted ball training or are we talking about weighted ball high intensity throwing? So there's obviously a line between the two, and they're in two separate things. There's weighted ball, what I we're just going to call weighted ball training. There's going to be a million names for it. This will make it easy. And that's where a lot of guys are using those plyo balls or those weighted baseballs as a warm-up, a way to you know, prime the nervous system, getting into throwing. Um, it would be – I guess a good example would be like if you're just playing catch with a football. You know, That is technically a weighted ball. It's heavier than a baseball. But depending on how you've built up to that and how you're acclimating your body, that could be kind of a, a, a nervous system primer before getting into throwing the baseball. Um, as opposed to high intensity weighted ball throwing to gain velocity. So there's two very large different uses for the same tool. If that makes sense, just like a hammer, one end, you can hammer a nail in the other end. You can pull a nail out. So I guess that's kind of a good example, but not really, uh, to, to compare and contrast the two, two thoughts of it.
1: And both uses have their place.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go more in on that, Ryan. um, because I know you're real big on you know the patterning aspect and how it impacts the nervous system. I understand it. You're obviously going to be able to go more in-depth on it than I am.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times you might see mistiming with an athlete, especially a lot of the drills can can really improve the trunk rotation and um, what I consider elbow-to-elbow elbow separation. So, like, when the glove arm-elbow goes down um, – You know your your throwing arm elbows should be coming up so that those are synchronized as as the athlete rotates through throwing so there are a lot of different drills that can be done with the plyo ball um and i've seen i think jordan i've seen him actually do plyo ball exercises where there's actually plyo balls in both hands um so that there is some kind of weighted feel to the lead arm and the throwing arm so that you can create that that synchronization in the movement um uh, there's reverse throws that I think are really good. So the hips are actually blocked. And what's happening is you're just really focusing on the upper chain of how the lead arm, trunk, and throwing arm work Can together. Can you give
0: more context? Because when I hear reverse throw, I think of someone throwing a ball reverse. Yeah,
2: reverse pick. Yeah, are you yeah, trying yeah, to sorry. say? You're right, yeah, reverse the, the reverse pick throws. So you're, okay. you're basically turning, your hips are blocked, so essentially the throwing arm leg is forward. So you're not in the actual throwing pattern where your lead leg, which is on your opposite side is forward, but your actual throwing arm leg is forward. So that means a lot of your, your throwing pattern is coming from just pure trunk rotation. Um, and you're lurking, you're, you're, you're improving the separation, the hip and shoulder separation, and then the timing of those things. Um, and the, the intensities are not usually high. That's that's kind of one of the big determinations in, in a plyo care routine is that um, a lot of athletes that use it for a warm up it's not super high intensity it's just more for getting um, ready and kind of getting a feel for throwing. Sometimes athletes when I notice they use plyo care balls they they tend to use too heavy of an implement and so you can see that when they throw because they can't lay the arm back there's a lot of shoulder guarding. Um, around, it. I know that happens for me. Like when I start getting into a heavier plyo care ball, my arm doesn't want to naturally lay back. And then all of a sudden, you know, that changes the pattern of throwing. So that coaches should be aware, I, I believe, and, and I don't know how many coaches out there actually video uh, plyo care routines for their players and actually watch them throw in slow motion um, to be able to determine what potential weights change the throwing pattern. Because that can be also an important feature as well.
0: Exactly. And, you know, just to kind of touch on that, you know, when you're trying to get a movement out of someone, if they have the strength base that you know they're ready to handle mechanical changes, you can start finding out which implement is going to help you accomplish that goal. So if it's, you know, the, a plyo ball that's at seven ounces to help them get their nervous system primed, you can start finding out which which weights, which implements are allowing their brain to connect with the the rest of their muscles and go, okay, this is what helps us accomplish that. So now you're getting better reps in at a higher frequency as opposed to getting four bad reps and one good rep. You're now getting you know, four good reps and one bad rep when you're getting a different implement in their hand. And I don't know if – and again, I might be going down a different rabbit hole altogether, but one of the reasons I like plyo balls specifically for priming the pump is it does do that radiation to where now you're squeezing that implement and you're firing the whole forearm you're getting more muscles involved you're building more grip strength the better that this is working the better this is gonna work the better this works the better your trunk can rotate the better your trunk can rotate it just cascades all the way down through your feet
2: yeah people might not know what irradiation radiation means but I'm gonna just define it it's basically when you build tension in one muscle group it propagates that activation of others. So it actually improves people
0: may not know what propagates me. <laughs> yeah,
2: it it, it it basically sends a signal to increase tension in other muscle groups. So for instance, like we talk about irradiation and using bands. Um, and we want our athletes to grip the bands hard because that's going to increase the recruitment of the shoulder. And that happens with balls. And that's why I like Uh, weighted ball holds you know the weighted ball holds they they get a bad rep um people say oh it doesn't look like throwing um but then again i've
0: never seen anyone do a reverse pick on the baseball field
2: exactly exactly you know i've also
0: never seen anyone perform a squat or a deadlift on the i've seen things similar yeah i've never seen anyone rip out a squat a push-up and in fact i love pull-ups but i've never seen one pull-up on a baseball field
2: yeah well, I did it, it a little
0: league game once, but that was outside the
2: lines. Yeah. So, the the, uh, the holds—they, you know—you're gripping this baseball, so your forearm flexors are getting a ton of activation, you know, and they're a stabilizer of the inner elbow. So, you, you know, a lot of what I think a lot of uh, Tommy John surgeries are happening is because the forearm musculature it gets weak, and the ligament has to take up that tension. Um, and these holds, like you're you're gripping this thing. And you're throwing it, but you're not letting it go. And, and, you know, after a lot of weighted ball routines, you let go of the ball, there's no deceleration effect on either the elbow or the shoulder um, that's continued after ball release as far as weighting. Um, but the holds, you're, you're hanging on to it, and it's it increases strength really quickly. I mean, um, you know, Jordan and I have seen in professional baseball guys recover strength uh, almost almost within three to seven days. You know doing doing these weighted ball holds and the interesting thing is in research at least the one that I'm referencing this six-week study they didn't see any change in uh, shoulder strength you know their velocity gains came from an increase in range of motion which is is what increases risk to the elbow because now you got a catapult that's getting cranked further back and it can open up the elbow even more as it as the arm lays back but these holds they build strength and they also manage external rotation. So you don't get that huge layback um, that I think is real protective for the throwing arm personally.
1: Cool. So I want to get into a couple things here. I want to, I want you guys to kind of discuss short-term and long-term focus of these programs. And then I want you to just lay out some examples of got this kid, he's trying to do this. And this is what the structure of his program might look like to help, to help people better understand what we're talking about.
2: Go for it, Jordan.
0: Yeah. So, you really need to understand where you're at in your career to get a good answer to that. So for a short-term focus, if you know you're a double A guy, triple A guy, you're an indie ball, you're you're physically mature, you're ready to go, some of those high-intensity programs might be exactly where you you need to put your focus on in the offseason. Obviously, you get a good buildup. But that short-term gain, you may need the two or three miles an hour to impress the scout or you know the front office, whoever it is you need to get yourself in front of to get that opportunity to keep going. Um, for a younger kid, you know, if, if you're dead set on doing weighted balls and going down that road, you really need to make sure you're understanding the difference between the short-term gains of a high-intensity uh, testing program as opposed to a long-term focused training program. And like Ryan was talking about, you know, There's different weights, different everything you can use, overload, underload balls, and each one of them is going to have their own target that they're hitting. So just because you're using heavy balls doesn't mean it's going to give you the same impact as if you used heavy and light balls. So you need to have that long-term focus. Where are you at in your career? What's your strength base? And how big of a risk is it worth it for you to, to roll the dice on that? Because there's – I mean, shoot, we've seen guys with really great – strength really great foundations of everything coming in they may have an underlying issue that they're not aware of and those extra intensity the extra force on the elbow could be the last the straw that breaks the camel's back in that sense so you need to also understand like what's the short-term risk versus the long-term risk of what you're going to be doing as well there's no right answer but there's a right answer for where that player is in their career um so i don't know if that made sense on what i was saying but uh if you want to hop in on that too
2: yeah, I just I want to jump in on some important particulars around that is that, you know, the successful programs that Jordan and I have been in, involved with, there is a huge assessment process, you know, and so when you design these weighted ball programs, you, you have to have a recovery period. So, for instance, if you have your high intensity throwing days um, on, let's say, a Tuesday, you need to give them 72 hours rest to recover on a Friday. Now. The difference is if you have our platform and our tool in the palm of your hand, you will understand on Tuesday and Friday, is the athlete actually recovered? So we did testing every single Tuesday, every single Friday to ensure that arm strength was where it should be and that range of motion was where it should be. And if it wasn't recovered, um, we had to make adjustments because we were seeing that players were getting injured. A lot of them didn't get necessarily injured in the program, but they were getting injured in the season. And we thought that there could be some ramifications, some effects of not monitoring. Um, The other thing is where you put the weighted ball program. So, you know, pitchers or position players, you need at least six weeks of throwing. And with pitchers, we recommend that you should have at least two bullpens, maybe three bullpens, introduction to your bullpen. So you're throwing at high intensity Um, before you enter a weighted ball program and you know this this the six-week program it's just too sharp of a rise in intensity and and progression and so you know I believe the athletes should give themselves up to nine weeks you know at least eight to nine weeks I believe in terms of you know going on and going through the program so that you can progress the athlete much slower um, for those tissues to adapt so these are some programming constraints that like I think of if I'm a coach or an athlete to consider.
0: One thing to kind of hop on that too, Ryan, is I think a six week program and, you know, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. You know, my viewpoints, I am obsessed with starting pitching. I think starting pitching is that's, that's where a huge amount of value lies. It's where a lot of people struggle in terms of the player development side of things is consistently making starting pitching that can pitch at the next level and then that can bump up another level. The six-week programs I noticed are, like a lot of the guys that come out of those that are really good are are usually bullpen arms in terms of that. You're creating guys that have this, and again, whatever program you're choosing to go with, you need to understand where you're at in your career. Like, Are you a starting pitcher? Do you want to be a starting pitcher? Because there's a difference in building up those workloads to where the six-week programs are almost... Creating an endurance base from what I've seen you may have seen something different for a guy who can give you 20 25 throws and then They're, they're gassed um, Have you seen something different on that or what is your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, I mean my experience with with weighted ball programs They, they kind of seem a little bit uh, Consistent with both the reliever and the starter and I don't think people have properly identified know, the positional specificities of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, the sessions that I've been in, just watching guys, and obviously, Jordan, I've watched you chart um, the, the weighted ball sessions. You know, you, you will see fatigue effects. You know, you will. And it's important to, to kind of take note with each, which, which players, they are not responding well. Um, and they're going in a different direction because the, the whole key with these programs is we need to be able to uh, adjust and be dynamic.
0: It just kind of on that adjustments and being dynamic with it, one of the cool things that we started seeing was we were taking all these measures. You know, I don't know if you want to go in all the in depth of which measures we were using, but if we saw a guy who lacked in a specific jump, we started finding that programming more of a specific, you know, movement was going to help with that lower half power production. So now we were taking their, you know, their their actual screenings we did every Tuesday and Friday. And we're taking that from feet to fingertips and going, here's what they struggle with. These are the drills that are working on improving those things. So now we had a full you know, 360-degree view and a plan that was focusing on what needed to be focused on. For that athlete, we started seeing really good production. We saw a way better success rate, not just for health, but for velocity improvement as well as sustaining that throughout the season.
2: Yeah, you, you bring up a great point. You can't just do weighted ball programs on their own. There is a huge lower body component to this. You know, we generate a ton of force with our lower body and we transfer that. And athletes that aren't on a strength and conditioning program in advancing power, jump capabilities, you know, high speed decelerations with with their uh, lower body, they're going to be at a loss uh, in these programs. They won't get the, the same amount of benefit. Um, And it could potentially increase their risk, you know, hamstring strains and, you know, a lot of these things, the oblique issues, they come from poor deceleration habits. So it's important that, you know, the athletes, they participate in a strength program. And I recommend that on Tuesdays and Fridays, those are your kind of your heavier training days and probably total body. Uh, And then, you know, Mondays, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, we got to focus on core um, you definitely have to have some conditioning work in there um, to to really balance out the the weighted ball effects and the training effects. Because if you're doing too much training along with your weighted ball program, you're you could be pushing the limits of fatigue, and that's not going to be good for the athlete in the long run.
1: So, Ryan, you're and thanks for kind of laying out what that looks like. But that that's at the kind of the pro level. Yeah. What? How would it look for 15, 16 year old? And I know there's a lot of 15, 16 year olds who probably think. I got to get signed by a college, so I'm short-term focused. But they need to learn; they're not. They can't be short-term focused. They got to be long-term focused. What What would be the differences there, and what they're what they're doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, for for that age bracket, like we we really want to see the kids a little bit more orthopedically mature. So, you know, between the ages of twelve and fifteen, that we talked about peak height velocity in previous podcasts, but this is the period at least in males, um, it's a little earlier in females, but in males, we have this rapid increase in growth. It's usually kind of slow and stable until then. And then all of a sudden it's like, bang, they are growing bones really quickly. And it's not a great time to be involved in these plans. Um, that's just one of our checklists. Like we're, we're giving these suggestions, you know, we're, we're hoping people follow it because we want them to have success. We want them to have safety. The worst part of this could be when these young developing bodies um are going into this they're not ready and they get injured so now they lose a year so even you know the thought process is i have to expedite my results to get signed or to get a recruiting opportunity now you might not get recruited because you know the the immediate need uh of a player um you know get selected over you um so you know those are those are some pretty important conditions to to consider and a lot of these kids like i can't harp on it enough they need to be on a strength program they need to have at least a year under their belt you know they need to be doing their arm care using our our app would be outstanding because they would ensure that they have the right strength measures you know we we usually look at 20 percent of their body weight in strength on their rotator cuff um, there's not really great measures out there to determine what would be the percent of body weight for grip strength that we would need, because um, grip strength is kind of measured um, inconsistently with some studies. And so they need to bump up that strength before even, you know, that orthopedic level of being, you know, I'm, I'm old enough, my bones are slowing in growth um, to really withstand this type of training, you know, and have the greatest benefit. So hey just, Ryan,
0: when you're talking about the bones growing, if you don't mind giving that example again, you said of a bridge.
2: Yeah, something yeah, something along
0: those lines. I think that's a good good visual you, for this. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll, yeah. So, so if you think of the bones, they're like a they're like two pieces of land, and your soft tissue is the bridge. You're thinking, okay, what happens to the bridge if those two pieces of land keep growing further and further and further apart? You're gonna have more tension on the bridge which is your soft tissue structures you know your your tendons your your muscles and your ligaments and so that's where the training has to be you know really effective especially helping the deceleration of the arm you know we we think of deceleration after ball release but there's also deceleration of the arm when it lays back which is really incredibly important for health you actually have more injuries when the arm lays back at speed than you do at actual ball release when you're going forward towards the plate with your arm Um, And and they just need proper conditioning around that. Um, And that's at every age, you know, every age. You're you're gonna enter a weighted ball program. If you don't have a good training process, you know, you could be in trouble, you know. And, you know, we haven't discussed it, but even habits. You know, some of these young kids, they, they may not have the right habits. They may not be sleeping well enough. You know, they may not be eating properly. They may not be hydrating well, you know, and they might not have the psychology for these programs. Some of them that go into it, you know, they're scared of getting hurt too. And if you have that mindset, like I am glass, I am going to break doing this and my coach wants me to do it, you know, that, that is just not a good mindset to be in. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, these athletes have the right habits, they're training really well, like that gives you the confidence you know, they're using our app, they're testing our their, their strength and range of motion, they're communicating with the coaching staff, um, you know, they are going to have success, and they're going to get through it with health, which is, you know, the key of all of this.
1: So just to reiterate, if you're 12 years old, 15 year old, even 16 years old, the high intensity weighted baseball throwing programs are not recommended. We don't recommend those, but... Strength training, um, using plyo balls, even weighted balls in training at that age is uh, is exactly what we recommend. Correct?
2: Yeah, it's like the the way I think about it. I'm trying to think of an analogy. As you're talking about, it's like if weighted balls are your supplement, that doesn't really cover the effect of your diet. You know, your diet is the training base, your general strength. You know, if the diet is bad you know, this little supplement, it's going to give you a boost, but it's not going to give you all the benefits you need. And a lot of these other things that we're talking about here um, on the, you know, this latest edition of ArmCare IQ that I I talked about, we I, I discussed a little bit of the risk rewards about all of them, but you can get benefit from, from strength training for sure. You know, you're adding muscle mass, you're adding contractile tissue, you're adding to power, you know. Um, so, I know weighted balls is the fad right now and people are really focused on it, but strength training has been around for a, a long time. Plyometric training has been around for a long time, you know, jump training. Um and, and we need to still see that traditional element as being of the highest importance, you know, before we go to the supplement.
0: Yeah. I Jordan. mean, the, the best way for me to look at it is, you know, on the supplement aspect of it is you don't. You don't just the for a first car, if you give a 16-year-old the keys to, you know, a Maserati, be expecting a lot of accidents. You know, if you give this kid a sports car with a lot of horses under the hood, don't be surprised when he wraps it around a pole. You know, he's not a skilled enough driver to handle that. They get a beater car with less RPMs, it has less less things that can go wrong when you hit the gas pedal too hard. And it's the same with weighted balls. You know, when you start putting, in a sense, high intensity training tools into someone's hands, and they're not strong enough or skilled enough to handle that, don't be surprised when they wrap it around a pole. You know, it's you, you gotta have the base of strength, you gotta have a base of coordination, you gotta have the whole foundation there before you just start rolling out the keys to the Maserati. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I want to add something to that because, you know, I in the last edition of the Arm Care IQ, I was showing videos of maybe a 12-year-old, 11- or 12-year-old doing running guns. And uh, it concerns me in the fact that we're so focused on throwing velocity that we're losing the mechanics of how an athlete should throw in a game. You know, I'm watching this kid run about 15 to 22 feet. Um, And then fly in the air and make this throw like that never happens on a baseball field and These young kids they need to be more fundamentally sound under the time pressure of making a play You know think You even think if you're an outfielder if I'm running that far with the ball and I got a runner Who's trying to score from second? It's gonna it's gonna be a stand-up scoring opportunity No one's sliding on that. It's gonna take you too long to get rid of the ball so these athletes have to focus on game skills you know, that has to be the priority, game-throwing skills. Um, they need to focus on uh, command, you know. Like, if you look at, you know, all the grading of pitchers, and we've talked about this too, is, you know, what do, what do people pay attention to? You know, the stats that we're looking at now, like whip, walks, hits, innings, pitch, like all of these things, there is an effect slightly of velocity, but people are focused on command. And a lot of the training that's occurring with the young kids that are velocity focused, you're just trying to throw something as hard as possible into an area of, you know, 10 feet from you with no interest in command, you know. And this is an accuracy game. You're an infielder, an outfielder. You have to hit your targets. You're a pitcher. You know, you'll get to a certain level. And I've seen it. I've seen players, you know, some of the players from uh, Latin America, they throw incredibly hard at young ages. And they don't survive because they can't find the strike zone that happens um so so you know the the velocity in some cases can walk you down the aisle but it doesn't get you married and and we need to we need to always keep in touch with that you know especially in these younger developing populations
1: well jordan you've talked about you know as a scout you were you're looking for the kids who do the basics better and that's one of the key components that you know you can work with because they've got to hit the ground running, and that's a key, key part of it.
0: Yeah, and you know to kind of touch on something Ryan said, he says he's never seen on a baseball field where someone's gotten, you know, 12 to 15 running steps and then thrown the ball. Now that he said that, we all know that's going to happen in one of the complex leagues. That's going to happen in rookie ball. Somehow, some way, it's going to happen in rookie ball because you see things there that you didn't know could be possible On a baseball field, so it's going to happen somehow. Um, But yeah, on top of that, you know, command is something that everyone insists that they're going to teach. Oh, we get the guy who throws hard. We'll teach him how to how to throw strikes. Rarely does that happen. So I think it's a losing battle more than people realize. But when you start factoring in now, we can measure strength, and we know that when you build strength around these ranges of motion, you do throw harder. The guy who throws strikes, you know, you're you're going to be able to teach him to throw harder more effectively than you're going to teach the guy to throw strikes. Um, Cause a lot of that comes down to, you know, the the favorite baseball word is feel feel is not that easy to teach when it comes down to it. Uh, You know, strike throwing, you know, everyone talks about how easy it is and they put the position player into pitch and then he walks five guys, you know, it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. So scouts love command. They love control, you know, and understanding the difference, And understanding your walks per nine and your walks per cent is huge when it comes down to stuff. Your ability to throw it over the plate is an 18-year-old with things that predict velocity. A lot of people pay a lot of money for that. So if you can throw strikes and you can build velocity steadily as you go, you're more valuable on the market than if you're just a guy who throws really hard but doesn't know where it's going. Um, So, yeah, command and control baseball is starting to go back to that and i've always talked about how it swings in these giant pendulums and baseball swinging back towards you know caring about command again
2: yeah you know kind of kind of thought that i had too is as we're talking i would love somebody who's listening to this podcast to reach out to us and say hey i want to do a study and i want to do a study and look at you know athletes that utilize the arm care platform and ensure that they have balanced strength so they focus on their their uh ER, their external rotation to IR strength ratio versus a weighted ball group to see what the effects are. And I think they'd be very close. You know, I think I think there's going to be options if there are athletes that are a little weary or coaches about weighted ball programs, you know, especially when the athletes, you know, biologically and has a, a training age that's mature. I think if they can focus on improving their strength balance. Of their rotator cuff and improving their grip strength i believe there is going to be a great uh opportunity for velocity enhancement there
1: absolutely i mean just speaking from the the crossover symmetry side i mean we've seen it especially at the younger ages you just you build it out and the the velocity comes and and so Mm -hmm. you know and that's ideal but uh you know we're talking about weighted balls here uh you know I'd love the tangents we've gotten off I think there's a few of them that we can talk about more in some other podcasts but wrapping up weighted balls what's uh what's the take-home people should have
2: I mean for me uh you know go on the site check our velocity checklist you know see if you have all of those uh criteria checked off uh, and, and that gives you you know great confidence that you're going to be ready for these programs and, and for me Um, anybody considering a weighted ball program, I highly recommend our app, our platform, um, because you need to be able to understand what is happening with your strength. If you're losing strength and gaining range of motion while you're on this plan, it could expose you to injury. So we always say that, you know, length without strength is kind of the recipe for disaster. And you won't know unless you're assessing it with with you know, high quality technology.
1: Jordan.
0: Yeah, that sums it up well, you know, and you know, in my words, you need to make the decision that you're going to be happy with in 10 years, you know, and if you are going to make any decision when it comes to possibly your career, you're you're not going to be disappointed when you make it based on information you have at hand. If you're if you're testing, you know, strength, range of motion, you're doing full body assessments, you know what you're doing day in and day out, you're going to be Way you're gonna be sleeping way easier in ten years from now, regardless of what happens, knowing you put everything you could into it, safely put into it.
1: So one last thing, Jordan, am am I old enough for a Maserati, or do I need to? uh, I mean, I've 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 seen you ride a
0: bike. I would give it a couple weeks. All right.
1: (laughs) All right. Until next time, this is more than velocity. Take care, guys.